Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming. The text line is rolling. 704-570-9610. Reaction to my fire fizzle for the NFL uniforms. Jackson says it's an hour early. He must not have had enough time to think it over. I actually did. I was well prepared. You heard the information I presented there. So, uh, yeah, man, Jackson, I just uh, hate the Eagles, and they're starting to become my most hated team in the NFL. Uh, Let's see. Paul says, speaking of Jets, throwbacks a few months ago. This is a long text. This is a lot. So I'm guessing he he likes them a lot. I'm not going to read all that. (laughs) Panther Bo said, uh, it wasn't biased. It was authentic. Great fizzle. That's what's up, Panther Bo. I appreciate that, man. Then the bagel guy uh, also says, Wes, what about the Dolphins throwbacks, Giants with the old school Giants written across the helmet? Yeah, both of those are straight fire. Okay, let's go with that one. Should be Texans throwbacks says another number. And then 704-517 number says uh, Fly Eagle. So, you know, I knew I was going to get that one. So people are going to talk a lot of trash. Uh, Playmaker Baker says you hate them because your team can't beat them. I mean, that's what sports is all about, right? <laughs> you know, you hate who you hate, you love who you love. And now it is time to go to the campus. Kona. Listen, man, I got to give up some love. You know, we got a lot of great local players that are doing their thing in college football. But I got to call out my man, Kevin Casey Concepcion. We talked about him earlier, but straight out of Chambers High School, which used to be Vance High School, which is my alma mater. He went off against NC State, five catches for 83 yards, two touchdowns. He's got six touchdowns on the season. Also had 51 yards on two attempts, led NC State in rushing. He accounted for 66.3% of NC State's offensive yardage and both of their touchdowns in that win. And for that... He got the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Week. He's definitely a contender for Freshman of the Year. He leads all freshmen in catches, yards, and receiving touchdowns. That young man is doing his thing. Also, quick shout-out to James Pierce from Chambers, one of the top 10 or 15, I think, in sacks. He's got seven of those on the season, but he is balling. And we know NC State has a little bit of a receiver tradition. We talked about one of them during Fire Fizzle, Corn Robinson, that was a monster out of South Point High School. Tory Holt, the list goes on and on. Do we think that Kevin KC Concepcion is the next great NC State wide receiver? Yeah, next great was always the conversation. Could he be great or was he just going to be good enough to be the number one guy on a team that doesn't have as much skill talent as they used to? But he played well catching a couple of touchdowns. How about a couple carries for 51 yards and a big win against Clemson? He's certainly on that track right now going to have to play well against Miami if NC State wants to continue this run just get bowl eligibility over with go ahead and secure that even if you do expect them to get to a bowl game this year just how well are they going to be able to finish the season I I do believe that what we're seeing from Kevin Concepcion I do think that because of his production you're starting to see NC State play a lot better and help MJ Morris fill in that void that they had at QB when Brendan Armstrong was playing no doubt about it and this is a kid too you know the the quarterback play has been 
been up and down, and you feel like maybe the numbers would have been increased had they had better quarterback play. But, yeah, I think he is. But the thing you have to worry about, and I want to hear this from the text line as well, 704-570-9610, when you have great players that emerge as freshmen and you're not a quote-unquote powerhouse program, how much do you worry about being able to keep these guys? With the money that's going around for NIL, we know that you can't transfer more than once because you got to sit out. So once you get a kid to that second school, they've got to stay there unless they want to sit out. But for NC State, you got to be a little bit worried with a kid like that. I mean, hell, if Dabo decides to get into the portal, you could have competition right in your own conference as far as Clemson going after this kid to try and get him. But uh, he's balling out for the Wolfpack right now. But I just want to know from fans, how much do you worry about young players that have yet to transfer and your team's not necessarily a powerhouse? How much do you worry about them uh, going to another school? Do you think that's a real threat for NC State, that they could lose this young man uh, when the season ends? Yeah, I think anything's on the table, mm-hmm. I, I, especially within conference transfer portal moving the way that it is. We've already seen it in football. It's weird to see not only you getting the offensive coordinator from a former ACC foe with NC State getting Robert and I, but then they go out and they get their quarterback in Brennan Armstrong, and we thought, okay, maybe this is going to launch something like we saw in Charlottesville just a couple of years ago. We're seeing it in basketball, too. I, we talked about it with Brad uh, Brownell. When we talked with uh, uh, him at ACC Media Day, having a couple of in-conference transfers going to that basketball program, I think what happens is you play these opponents, you get to see them up close, and those are going to be the names at the top of your head when it, you start to go into the portal and you say, wait, those guys are pretty talented. I like them. I, they hurt us. We might as well go get them. Very Bill Belichickian if you mm-hmm. were going after Wes Welker because he beat up on you when he played for the Dolphins, something like that. Yeah, I do think that in conference transfer portal, the way that it's moving, it's absolutely a thing that you got to worry about. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so we'll see what happens with this young man. But for now, he is balling out. He's definitely going to be a freshman All-American and all the accolades that will come with that. And now as we turn the page to Western Carolina, man, we've been championing this team and they have been moving up the ranks, but then they've been moving down with the loss last week. And then six turnovers caused them to lose to Mercer. They lose 45 to 38. Cole Gonzalez, who's been leading a high-powered offense, he did have five touchdown passes, a career high, but he also had three interceptions, including a pick six. Then they had three out of their four fumbles. They lost. Two of those came on kickoff returns. Man, how frustrating is it when you have special teams fumbles? And then, like I said, Mercer scored on three of Western Carolina's giveaways. They look to stop their two-game slide as they travel to Wofford, who has yet to get a win on the season, 0-8 and 0-5 in the Southern Conference. And they will kick that off at Gibbs Stadium at 3 p.m. on Saturday. And when you look at the rest of their schedule, they've got Wofford, East Tennessee State, and VMI before they head into the FCS playoffs. And how worried should Western fans be? Are they going to be backing in to the playoffs when this thing is all said and done? Yeah, it's just unfortunate because I did want to see Western Carolina continue to their winning ways. And you see them go on that five-game winning streak. And now they have games against Wofford, East Tennessee State, and VMI. Yeah, I mean, it could come all crashing down for them, especially because you lost in a couple different ways. You only scored 17 points against Furman, and then you had all those turnovers. But you do end up with 38 points against Mercer. So are they going to be able to get back on track, even if they are heading away from their home turf? 
turf. And so it's going to be tough, Wes. I don't know if you think that Western can bounce back, but it certainly has been pretty the last two weeks. Uh, I think they will just because they have such a great offense. Obviously, though, turnovers are not ideal, and that's not news to anyone. Uh, but this team, you don't want to be backing into the playoffs. They dropped four spots in the FCS coaches poll. They're now down to 20th. Obviously, I think they'll get the win against Wofford. They'll take out all of their frustrations. But also, too, for a team that's coming onto the scene and starting to uh, find itself a bit when you talk about a program that's been in the doldrums, and then they're able to emerge and turn into a team uh, that's a real problem and start to get their first sniff of the rankings. I think this is kind of par for the course. They're not used to these huge games. They play two back-to-back big-time games, and I think for you know programs that are still young and winning young and becoming nationally ranked, I think you're going to see some of this. So hopefully they learn from it. They take these experiences into the playoffs and know what not to do so that they can be successful. But then another program that may not see some postseason play the South Carolina Gamecocks, they're having a tough go of things right now. Losing record, four games left on the slate. Jacksonville State, you think they get a win there. Vanderbilt was, looks like that's going to be a battle. And then Kentucky and Clemson in the rivalry game at the end of the season. Let's hear from Shane Beamer first before we chime in on the future of the Gamecocks. Today they were telling me that Hunter, my son, has a Halloween parade at his school where all the kids at his school, they dress up in their Halloween costumes and they walk around the track for however many minutes and the parents come and they video and all that. And I was there for it last year uh, because it was on a Monday and my wife was telling me that he had that today. And I said, well, why why didn't you guys tell me anything about it? Um, and Emily said, well, I knew you had practice and meetings, so I didn't think you were going to be able to come. And then my Hunter, my son, said, and it's also because you're two and six and you need to be in the office working. <laughs> Kids say the darndest things, don't they? I mean, that is hilarious. It is sense that you need to be in there working. And so South Carolina sitting at one and five, two and six, I don't see a bowl game in their future right now. It's looking bleak. They would have to win out, and I just don't see this football team having the consistency. It's not their year. But, man, his son was definitely cold on him. Well, so (laughs) we had this conversation uh, a couple weeks back. I think it was before we went into either the Florida game or the Missouri game, and it was all about the pressure that Shane Beamer has surrounding him. And so if you look at South Carolina, having lost to Missouri 34-12, to having lost to Texas A&M, both on the road, both talented football teams, losing to Texas A&M 30-17. They finished with Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. They're going to have to win out in order to be bowl eligible. You're hoping that they at least get to four wins in the next two weeks, and then the real test comes against Kentucky and Clemson to end the year. Man, do you think a rally could happen for South Carolina to win out? and get to a bowl game and then save a little bit of that pressure surrounding Shane Beamer? Like, we know Clemson isn't great. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, they're not ranked now. We know that they've got talent. They are they are 5-3 and three with three straight losses, but two of them are to Georgia and to Tennessee, the other one to Missouri. That's going to be the one. But, Wes, I, I do think it's possible for them to actually win these last four games and go bowling. That's the secret sauce to me is that Kentucky game. And then you have to prove, are you not the worst team in the SEC? Because when you and Vanderbilt play, that's going to be the toilet bowl, essentially, when you talk about <laughs> one win in the SEC between these two teams. It can be done. They get Vanderbilt at home. They get Kentucky at home and Clemson at home. So they've got four consecutive home games to make a bowl. It would be phenomenal if they're able to do it. 
I just feel like, man, when you're a football team with that kind of record, there's a reason why you've got that record. And you're going to find a way to slip up and lose one of these games that's going to knock you out. Is it good for South Carolina or bad that Kentucky will have just faced Alabama the week before and Louisville the week after? Is it good to have a couple of tough opponents on either side of that South Carolina matchup? Yeah, because like I said, you get your pound of flesh taken away from Alabama, and then you can have a potential trap game where they're looking over you for the next matchup. So, yeah, maybe it could work out for the Gamecocks after all. Could happen. And Spencer Rattler also not throwing for as many yards the last couple games. 300 a few games back, but even he started when we had the conversation of him having one of the more successful seasons despite the team not being successful around him, he's come back down to earth and can playing like he was a, a few, uh, not even a few games back, but just last year when you had that middle stretch of him not putting up big numbers. Yeah, they're having a tough time blocking people up front. Texas yeah. A&M, boy, they had a big time struggle holding up those, uh, those dogs that they got up there. 